Amen. It's so good to be here today, and um, I want to introduce my wife, Maritza. She's right here next to Chris, and, and also our son, John, and his girlfriend, Elizabeth, are here. And uh, our, other t- our two daughters are ministering today, so they're uh, about the father's business. And uh, so we're so proud of them, and, and uh, th- the summers are a little crazy for us because our family divides and conquers. And so uh, I think there's going to be one time where we're going to be in I think four or five different countries. So, um, but we're just glad that uh, they also are part of the ministry and help out. Uh, it's it's so good to be here, and uh, we love this church. We love the partnership that we have. We love your pastor and Chris and the leadership of this church. You guys know you have an amazing pastor, right? I hope you understand that. Um, and uh, and his family. And I want you to know that when, uh, you know, we've become kind of traveling buddies, and, and thank you for uh, loaning your pastor uh, to us on occasion as he goes and ministers to many pastors. And so he's multiplying himself now. And so uh, many of the times when we go out and do the conferences, I just want you to know everyone falls in love with Dudley. And, uh, and those guys, they just they consider him a friend, a mentor, um, he doesn't even speak their language, but he's learning. And uh, so uh, sometimes I get to translate for him, sometimes others. But uh, he's been an incredible, incredible blessing. And, uh, and so is Chris and, and some of you who have also partnered with CIN, and we thank you for that. Um, and so uh, it's an honor for, to be here. I just want you, if you're visiting today, uh, next week the smart guy comes back, okay? And uh, so don't get scared. But uh, uh, I want to give you a little update. And some of you have been to Honduras to help us build the orphanage there. Uh, your church actually was a catalyst to putting a roof over the children's heads. And we thank you for that because uh, it's a tremendous blessing. And we've already been able to rescue 14 kids there, uh, boys and girls. And we're starting on the second home. And uh, we've already... Uh, we're taking applications for house parents so that we can start adding and rescuing more children. And uh, we also have in uh, 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 a, a little bit of new news for you. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Maritza and I traveled to Chile, uh, Chile, and we were there uh, because a ministry who had uh, property and buildings, and they were about ready to start. Uh, they had just finished up most of the construction and the founder of the ministry became ill. And so he began to look and pray and, and ask the Lord if there's uh, anyone, uh, organization, that could continue on uh, what they had in mind and be able to uh, reach the children and youth of Chile. And so uh, we prayed about it. They contacted us. And long story short, uh, they gifted to Children's Impact Network their property, their buildings, over 75 acres, uh, mile high in the mountains of Chile, and, uh, and we are now uh, with a blank piece of paper praying and asking the Lord, what do you want to do, and what do you want us to do in the country of Chile? So uh, soon you'll hear more about that, and I'm sure that uh, we'll continue to partner. Isn't God good? It's amazing how, how he just uh, surprises us sometimes. But uh, we, um, we also, uh, in, in Colombia, have a safe house uh, where we uh, take in the martyred uh, pastors and, or I'm sorry, the martyred, uh, the, the widows of martyred pastors and their children. And I want to show you this picture here. Uh, this is a gentleman, he's a pastor that they were only in their community for about 15 days. And uh, they, the gorillas surrounded him. They took him into 
the plaza. They beat him. They stabbed him. They shot him to death. And then they did the unthinkable, and it's there in Spanish. It says, lo cortaron en 30 pedazos, which means they cut him or dismembered him in over 30 pieces. They put the uh, remains in a black bags and delivered it to the family so that they would leave the community. Well, we began another safe house specifically because of this family. So now we have the widow and their children. And uh, you'll see a picture now of, of uh, her. And, uh, and she is uh, now receiving hope, receiving restoration. And we are ministering to those children and letting them know that uh, in, in the craziness and chaos and in all the trauma that God cares for them and loves them. And I show you that because I want you guys to know that you're a part of all this. And you're a part of uh, reaching those lives. And you're a part of helping us rescue abandoned, abused, and neglected children. And those children who have uh, now found hope and healing uh, is a direct result also of your partnership and what you guys are doing. So I think Boynton Beach Community Church is doing a great job on the mission field. Don't you think? Uh, You guys are, are proactive and you're making a difference. And and uh, touching lives. And I also want to say that, uh, would you pray for us? We are uh, looking for a headquarters. It's our greatest need right now uh, in South Florida. We turn away applications. We just don't have the facilities to be able to train the people to send them out into five countries now that we work in. And so uh, would you pray that uh, the Lord will direct us to the right place and, and that we'll be able to, to do that. And, uh, and I'll in all of our uh, ministry sites, they are asking, send us, we need more help. And so uh, we would appreciate your prayers and your praying church. And we saw how God supplied for you guys. And, uh, and we'll ask you if you would do the same. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for this amazing day, Lord. We just pray that you would continue uh, to pour out your spirit in this service, Lord. And that uh, our hearts would be changed, our lives would be moved. Lord, that you would speak to us directly through your word so that we can become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to um, the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 27. I want to talk to you about faith this morning. Uh, faith is something that uh, it really uh, kind of hits home for us because everything we've ever done is by faith. I mean, we've never had the blank checks to write. We've never... Um, knew exactly uh, the whole picture of what God has wanted us to do, but we learn that step by step and obedience to God that everything becomes, becomes unveiled. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is faith that honors God. What kind of faith does God honor? What kind of faith honors Him? And so, you know, when we think of faith, a lot of times we, 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 uh, we, we have different conceptions of faith. We think that faith is just for uh, someone who, who's just this incredible prayer person or, or, or someone who's completely dedicated and, uh, and is just not the normal person. They're just people of faith. Well, no, faith is for everyone. And, it, and it's great that we all have access to exercise our faith. We all have an opportunity to be able to share and to be able to kind of come into a partnership with God that where we may not have all the answers, but when we combine what we believe and what, what we can do, God honors that faith 
and then he does amazing things. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, it says, As Jesus went from there, two blind men followed him. He asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and he said this, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this, but they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. See, God responds to faith. He responds to faith. And he loves it when people believe and have faith. And so, how does God honor that? Well, the first is that he honors faith that believes even when it doesn't see. That, that has to be the hardest area of faith, is believing something even when you can't see it, when you don't understand it, when you, can't, you don't know how it's working. But God honors that faith because it means that we're trusting in Him 100%. There's an old hymn, and, and I actually have it in my calendar. It comes up every year so that I can read it, and I can't sing very well, but at least I read the, the words. But it says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." And there's a part that says, "'Just to take Him at His word." Just because God said so. Because God said so. And then we can stand on that and say, because you said so, God, I will do it. Now, some of us have different areas that we need faith in. Maybe on the job. It may be some choices that you're making. It may be on your campus. And it may be even in your neighborhood or family that you need to believe and have faith for something. There's something going on in all of our lives all the time. At least one thing. And in that thing, when we can believe without even seeing, that's when God shows up. And God does amazing things. I want to tell you a story about my father. He was a pastor. And, and my dad came to us. We were living in Pittsburgh. Uh, we had come from Cuba. Uh, my parents left as soon as Castro took over and and uh, we came to the United States. We lived in New York for about a year. And then uh, my dad heard of a church that needed a pastor in Pittsburgh. So we went to Pittsburgh. And, uh, and we were there about three and a half years when uh, he got a phone call. Or, or, or I'm sorry. He, he got us all together. And he said, listen. He says, we're going to go to Columbus, Ohio. And we're going to start a church. And uh, so I, I was young, but my brother's a little older, and they were asking him questions and what, you know, what we're going to do and where we're going, and, and he didn't have very many answers. As a matter of fact, he just knew about a church that he was going to go to and talk to the pastor. So we traveled all night, and we get to this church. We were trying to get there for service, but service was letting out. And so he asked to speak to the pastor. The pastor came outside, and he says, and my dad tells him, he says, I'm here because the Lord told me to come here and start a church. Um, that, now you guys know what my childhood was kind of like. <laughs> so he, the pastor looks at him and, and he begins, begins to weep. And he says, we've been praying for you. And he looked back at the church and we're just all kind of sitting there. You know, you got travel hair and the whole thing. And, and, and he points to the church, beautiful church. And he says, anything you guys need. You can use the church, you can do whatever you want, and 
we're not going to charge you anything. Come and start the church here. By that week also, he, my dad had a job and was able to support the family. And so that was the type of faith that we, he had. And that was the type of faith that he showed us. And later on, it would become so handy in our lives. And then I remember later on, uh, after about 10 years, he sits us down again and he says, we're going to Philadelphia. <laughs> and I said, I, you know, here we were, we're in the Midwest and we had a little house, a little yard and, and more than what we could ever ask for. And, and uh, he says, no, we're going to the city of Philadelphia. And so we, we drive to Philly and we, here's our, our, our car and uh, a U-Haul in the back that we were dragging. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, we get in the house and and after we had surveyed the city, and we're like, this is, this is not very nice. And, and there's a reason people call it filthy Delphia. Uh, it's, it's not real pretty in some places. And so we were like, where are we? And the next morning, we get up. We were going to unload. And sure enough, we look outside, and it's gone. Welcome to Philadelphia. Our car, our U-Haul, it was all gone. And so now it gets worse. We're just all over my dad and saying, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here. And, uh, and I would say that we were the devil's advocate, but I think at that moment it was more like we were the devil. We were like, you should have listened to God. And so there we were. But I want you to know something. God began to provide. He began to lead. And I'll never forget it because while my father was in ministry, he never bought another car again. People would come up to him and say, here, Pastor, here's, here's a car so you could drive. And, and, and here's, we know you have this need and that need. And, and we saw how the Lord provided even when we had absolutely nothing. And it came in handy because throughout our lives, we've had to trust God and believe him even when we can't see his hand working, even when we don't necessarily understand. Another, uh, number two is that we have, God honors faith that persists even when nothing changes. Even when nothing changes. I remember trusting in him, asking him, Lord, we need this or, or, or this has to take place. And, and you can't see anything. You, nothing's changing. Everything's staying the same. You may be in that situation right now where you've been praying about something for a very long time, yet nothing has changed. God honors your faith because that's the kind of faith that moves the heart of God is that when we are not moved by just by what we see, but we trust him and we ask him to help us. In Colossians 4, 2, he tells us, Paul tells the people there, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Wait to see what God is going to do and be thankful in advance for him answering your prayer. God will do that. About 20, oh, it was over 20 years ago, Maritza woke me up and uh, she says, I, I had a dream. And I said, well, can we talk about it in the morning? And she says, well, I, I want to tell you now before I forget. And so I, I sat up, we put the light on and, and she went on to tell me that she had a dream that there were children and uh, that, that mothers and people were bringing her children and they were handing them to her. And so at the time, we had an inner, an inner city ministry in Miami. We were not working with orphans, abandoned, abused, or neglected children. We were working in the inner cities. We were uh, developing programs there and, and uh, bringing church to kids that didn't have a, a chance to go to church. And so uh, it had nothing to do with what we were doing at the time. So we wrote it down. And uh, years later, when we 
began in, in, in Bolivia, and we started rescuing children there, and, and we brought them to the orphanage. Uh, they were all boys, and in Marinza's dream, uh, they were actually girls. And, uh, and so we, we, we kind of forgot about that, sort of. It was in her Bible. She had tucked it away. And, and, uh, and then years later, we get to Honduras, and exactly the same thing that took place in that dream, people began handing us little girls. And soon we'll be uh, uh, working with infants also and rescuing infants. And, and, uh, and it took how long? Over 20 years. But God is faithful. And when he speaks, it's best to write it down because I guarantee you it's probably going to happen. And, uh, and if we trust in him. And, uh, and so we want to have that faith. We want to have a faith that, that persists even when things don't change. Thirdly, we need to have a faith that works, even when it doesn't make sense. You know, if we had it our way, we would probably do things differently. We would probably say, okay, this is, how we need to, this is what we need. Okay, here's how it's going to happen. But God doesn't always work that way. And many times we see in our lives that the Lord is preparing us and using us and shaping us. And before we get to that point where he answers that need or we get to the point of faith, he brings us through a process. You know, he took, it took 120 years, really, for Moses to be prepared to be the person that he was going to be. And uh, let me see if I can remember this, but since the first 40 years, Moses had everything. I mean, he was living there in the palaces and and then, and then he kills an Egyptian, and he's thrust into the desert for 40 years. In those 40 years, he had nothing. For the first 40 years, he had everything. The second 40 years, he had absolutely nothing. But the last 40 years, God restored to him, and he became everything that God wanted him to be. Sometimes it doesn't work like we think it's going to work. And when we think of Joseph, how he was sold into slavery... What man meant for evil, God turned into good. It was God's plan for him to go through those difficult times. It was God's plan later that he'd been thrown into prison. But in the end, you see God's hand. It's so easy to see it when we turn around and we look back. And I know that, you know, sometimes it's difficult when we can't actually see God working. I remember uh, many times when we would take in a child and that child just was a complete mess. I mean, borderline savage, some children that have been left alone in the streets and, and, and some for years. And when they show up, it, it's just not only do they have psychological problems, but they also have physical problems, emotional problems. And when we begin to pour God's love into them and we begin to see the changes in their lives and see what God is doing in their lives, then we're able to see the, the hand of God moving and we can look back and say, it didn't make sense what happened to that child but now we see what God wanted to do afterwards and what, how God wanted to bless him. There's a boy that uh, we were just with uh, two days ago when we left Bolivia, and he came to the airport to say goodbye. And um, he was at the orphanage for well over 10 years. He's now in our transition home for children 18 and older. He got up at... Well, five o'clock in the morning to come with us to the airport. I want you to know that what God has done in his life is completely amazing. 
all the years that I've known Johnny, not one person ever came to visit him. Not one person asked about him. Yet he stayed faithful to God. He trusted the Lord with his whole heart. He trusted him even when he couldn't understand why. And today he is a a model citizen. He is just the the, the prototype of, of, of everything. There's the model of what a young man should be like. And yet he had everything against him. You know, faith, we don't understand it sometimes. Johnny may be laid up at nights thinking, why? But one day, our prayer is that Johnny's going to stand on this platform. And he's going to have his family with him. And he's going to be able to talk to you about the faithfulness of Jesus Christ in his life. And faith is that way. Faith, the Bible says, without works is dead. It doesn't get us to heaven. But if we say we believe, and we're not acting on that belief, then what are we? God wants to answer our needs. God wants to, our prayers. He wants to lead us in directions that maybe some of us don't understand. There's a, there's a quote that says this. There's a big difference between hope and faith. Hope is a desire. Faith is a demonstration. Not sure what God is asking you to do or what you're going through at this moment. But when we come into God's house and we come together and we believe that the Lord knows our hearts and he knows what we're going through, I want to tell you, you can trust him. And you can move forward in trusting him and everything that he asks for your life because he is faithful. I remember Maritza and I were, uh, we, were at the, we were at our wit's end. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't have anything else that we could do to continue the ministry. It, it had, uh, we, there was a, a financial downturn, and, and, uh, and we went through a very difficult time. And I remember we, uh, we began to pray together. We were at the foot of our bed, and we just started praying. It turned into crying. It turned into trusting. It turned into fear. And there was, there was a little bit of money that we had saved aside for a rainy day in case we ever needed it uh, for our family. And I remember that uh, we, we looked at each other, and I don't even think we, we mentioned it. We just knew that God was saying, that's what I want you to give. And I remember as we prayed and we said, Lord, now we are really with our backs up against the wall. There's nothing else. We have nothing else to give. We have nothing. Now, we are empty. And I want to tell you that that's when we really understood faith. Is when we empty ourselves of everything that we can possibly rely on. And we lean back on God and say, God, only you. Only you can get me out of this mess, or only you can meet this need, or only you can help my son or daughter, only you can heal this disease, only you, God. And when we empty ourselves completely, we begin to see God move in an amazing way. The blind men, they saw Jesus and cried out to Jesus. When he walked into that room, they rushed in with him, and they began to ask for healing.
And the Lord looked at them and realized that they had faith. And according to their faith, God healed them. What is the level of our faith this morning? There's a saying that says it's better to be blind and not have faith that God, to be blind and have faith that God can heal you than to be able to see and not have faith. We want to know that we've put ourselves in a position where we're trusting God 100% and that God is really all that we have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for testimonies in your word of how people have trusted you with everything. And when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, and we read on, after you said that these people were sure and certain that you would come through, and we read on the great exploits that took place, Lord, we consider ourselves, we're, we're ordinary people. But Father, in your hands, we will do extraordinary things. And so, Lord, we pray that our faith would rise. And God, whatever you have asked us to do, whether it be ridiculous or whether it's radical or something that we just don't understand, we pray that we would have the confidence in you to be sure and to be certain that you will complete whatever you've asked us to do. And Lord, that we can trust in you. And just because you said it, just because you asked, help us to obey and to do it with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.